Hi, and welcome to Screens in Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Diana, and today we're talking about This Is Us, the final chapter. I have two guest co-hosts joining me today. Jen Trepic is back. She is the host of Salad with a Side of Fries podcast that talks about wellness and weight loss for real life. Hi, Jen. Hi. I'm so excited to be back. (laughs) I'm so excited you're back, too. Also, I am so thrilled to have Tracy DeForge joining us today. She is an internationally recognized podcast expert, sought-after speaker, and media contributor, founder of Produce Your Podcast, creator of PodHive, an online community for podcasters, which is where I met both Tracy and Jen, and I'm so grateful for that community, for the support. And so I welcome you, Tracy. Hello. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. And I have to say that's one of my favorite things about PodHive too, because I've made so many new friends that also love podcasting like I do. And this is something I've been really looking forward to. I said before we even started recording that in my whole career of podcasting, this is one of the most exciting podcasts I've shown up for. I'm (laughs) that excited about it. (laughs) I know. I know. We all love This Is Us, and it's been such a journey in this show. And I always like to start off with a question of the day that pertains to the theme of the show or an episode. And so in this episode, in the finale, we see Rebecca really trying to hold on to some simple things, some memories that happen in this episode. We see her just on a Saturday afternoon swinging her children, how she remembered how she did that with her father and how important that was to her. And also we see Jack shaving with his kids. And these are just simple things, but they impact us. They stay with us. So the question of the day is, what simple thing from your youth made a big impact on your life? I mean... I'll go first, right? I'll jump in. Hey, guys, it's Jen. I, you know, it's funny. I was going to say camp, but then as you were just sharing, you know, what it reminded me of is um, this sounds so silly, but, you know, it's the theme of the little things. Like I remember driving around with my mom running errands on a Saturday. And half the time it's like I'd fall asleep in the car or like not feel like getting out when we got somewhere, but it didn't matter, you know? And it, I remember. One of my best friends from growing up was having twins and twin girls. And she said to my mom, you know, what's, what's the secret when you have two girls, you know, or what do I need to know? And my mom said to her, it doesn't matter what you do. They just want to be with you. So just take them with you when you go run errands. And honestly, like, that's what it is. It's like, I remember driving around with my mom on a Saturday, like sitting in the car, getting in the car 12 times, you know? (laughs) And like, that was Saturdays. Oh, I love that. Uh, And this is Tracy. I, well, the first thing that came to my mind, especially in connection with the episode is my mom was a stay at home mom and that was a blessing in itself. But she used to make, like she made our Play-Doh homemade. (laughs) Can you even imagine today? So she made our Play-Doh homemade and then all my Barbie clothes were made like, I mean, my mom literally should have been like a fashion designer because I had all of these uh, Barbie clothes that were all totally made 
from, you know, from scratch that she's, uh, she sewed herself. But what connected me with the, this is us part of it is like in the, that age where the kids are, they're like rolling their eyes. They're like, this yeah. is stupid. Like <laughs> this is the dumbest day ever. And I used to feel so self-conscious because my friends had manufactured Play-Doh and store-bought Barbie doll clothes. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that that was just embarrassing that I had homemade Play-Doh and, and you know, couture Barbie clothes, actually. <laughs> and so one of the things that I loved about the big three looking back as well is that they see it in a different perspective what they may have thought was so silly then or that they felt self-conscious about they realize what their mom or or their dad were really doing for them they weren't trying to torture them they were actually doing something for them so that's what that really showcased for me i think I love that. And as both of you were speaking, uh, so many things were running through my head because we all have so many memories of our youth and things that impacted us. And I'm going to go to something that I've probably mentioned before, but it it really did have a a big impact on me was that my parents would make tamales all the time. And Mm -hmm. uh, let me start with first, we used to drive uh, to where my family lived, uh, which is like eight and a half hours from here. But we used to take this long drive there. And we would get there and my family would have food and they had tamales. Well, I, I was a little kid and I overate and I totally got sick on them. So I didn't eat them for years because I just didn't want, yeah, I was scarred. (laughs) But my parents would continue to make them. And as I was getting older, I mean, I'm talking through the teenage years, right? They would say, okay, it's time to make them. And I would just groan because I did not want to make them. They are very tedious. And there's so much work that goes into them. But I had to, you know, help out. And they would say, uh, well, you're not going to get to eat any if you don't make them. And I'm like, fine with me. <laughs> Twist <laughs> my arm. <laughs> yes. But uh, I eventually started to eat them again. And of course, then I got married. I had kids. And so one of my sons, we were trying to figure out a fundraiser. And guess what came up? Making tamales. So that's what we did. And so now we made them as a family, uh, a next generation of family. And to this day, I still make them for Christmas Eve dinner. So I have carried this tradition with me, something that my parents taught me, something that I thought I hated also, but now it's just so important to me. It's, it's the recipe my parents have handed down to me. So it means so much. So, uh, yeah, these are just such great memories. Thank you guys for sharing those. So friends out there, we would like to know from you. What simple thing from your youth made a big impact on your life? You can leave us a comment on social media, our website, or email at screensinfocus at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you. The links are in the show notes. Okay, so before we dig in to this final season of the show, and yes, there are spoilers ahead, I would like to know from each of you what draws you to this show. Jen and I had touched upon this in the last uh, This Is Us episode that we did, and there is a link in the bio to that episode. But uh, I would really like to start with you, Tracy, on why you watch This Is Us. 
That is just not an easy, simple answer. There's so much involved in why I watch This Is Us, but it didn't start out that way. So when I literally accidentally stumbled upon it, I didn't see any previews for it. I didn't know anything about it. I hadn't heard about it from anyone else. And I I can still remember... I found it by accident and then I watched the pilot and I was just hooked. Like from the very first episode, I thought this is an amazing show. It's so well produced. It's so well written in, and I'm, the time period that they reflect back on is similar in to the age frame of the time of when I grew up. So the flashbacks were, I could connect with them and also just the, I just, okay. And I really like Justin Hartley. (laughs) (laughs) I told you there was more than one reason. (laughs) Um, And so, (laughs) um, and speaking of family memories, this was not maybe the most positive one, but my mom being a stay at home mom was also a big soap opera watcher. And, you know, he was on young and the restless. So anyway, um, All I'm saying is that I'm glad he was in the show. And I'm sure we'll talk about him later because I will want to. But um, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know this. I love this. (laughs) Oh, yes. Yeah, definitely. Like, you can't see me, but my face is bright red. Okay. So, um, so there's that. So that's, so it started because I literally stumbled upon it, really loved the way it was produced, loved the way, you know, and as a producer in video and audio podcast myself and being in the broadcast media business for so long, like I really have an eye and really value that in shows as well. But then it evolved into something else for me. It was, it, it evolved in, and especially over the pandemic, it evolved into a really connecting, uh, like a connection point for the other people in my life and in my, even in business that I discovered watch the show. So just like the three of us, you know, we've connected over the, this is us over the past couple of years. And even, um, within my family, it was like a, a thing, like, are you going to watch it? Cause we obviously weren't hanging out in person. So we'd be texting during the, you know, watching it. And then it, it was just something that just turned into a connection, like a ha- really heart centered connection point. And it was just so fun to always be like, what's next and speculate and who's Justin going to, you know, who's Kevin going to end up with. <laughs> and um, so for me, it also felt like just something that I looked forward to, not just watching the show itself because of what it was, but also just the after after party conversations that I got to have with friends and family. I think that's probably looking back when I look back on it as an entire series, that's the part I think I'm going to relish the most leading up to and including doing this podcast together. It's just been such a good connection point. Yeah. Yeah, it has been. What about you, Jen? So I mentioned this before, like I'm a junkie for like TV shows based around family and having a group of main characters. Um, But I think too, well, first of all, I'm a TV junkie and like I have a problem probably with how much television (laughs) I watch. And so I don't know, maybe this is my confession, but um, so (laughs) I also have this weird thing where I pride myself on knowing what shows are going to make it and what shows are going to be canceled. Mm, Mm -hmm. Interesting. 
this is dumb. It's a game I play with myself and my mother. Um, <laughs> it is not a real thing in the world, but <laughs> in my world. Um, anyway, so when this one started, I was like, th- this, you know, like it's going to last. Huge hit. Yep. Huge hit. Also, I just put it together. So my senior year of high school, I was our yearbook editor. And the theme of our yearbook was This Is Us. Ah, and I came up with that. And oh, I just I put that chills. together right now. Um, but and like, you came up with it? That's yeah. an important thing to note. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. But it was one of those – I don't know. I just – I love TV. I loved these characters. I'm partial to Mandy Moore because she and I are very similar – like very close in age and, you know, growing up with it. And then – Similar to you, Tracy, it was like for a long time in the show, the present day age was my age, like the age I am now. And so there's definitely a relatability there. And then even for me in this last season, I think I mentioned this when we were doing the last episode, Diana, I feel like I've had anxiety in the last year about like losing my parents. Mm, mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it was fueled by this show. Oh. <laughs> and then part of it, I think, was also calmed by this show. You know, that it's like you're so yes. connected to these characters. And this it's like, I agree, Tracy. I think it's so much more than a TV show. Well, and I also want to just add this in just for the um, dichotomy is I am not a big TV watcher, like at all, hardly. And so for me to have really just immersed myself in this particular show and just, and loved it the way that I loved it is says a lot for yeah. the, for my yeah. experience with the show because it's not something that I usually fall in love with in a, in a way. It's not that, I mean, I love TV, don't get me wrong, but I just am not like, I wouldn't consider myself a TV junkie. And so that's makes this, I think that makes this so much more even a standout for me in terms of the connection points and things like that because it was just so fun on so many different levels. I mean, it might encourage me to become more of a TV junkie. <laughs> to show i got a whole list <laughs> yeah well and, a whole, and diane has a whole podcast yeah. i can yeah. figure out but but no i love that and i also just feel like again they took some of the most simple beautiful things in life mm-hmm. and then they made the, the writers were so extraordinary and something else that i just thought of as well. Um, so I'm adopted. So the whole storyline oh, around yeah. Randall and them not telling, you know, that that really was something that struck me in a way that might not have affected everybody who was watching it. Because when you are adopted, like those experiences that Randall went through and not, not even, you know, aside from all the obvious diversity um, and inclusion issues that he suffered through and that the show brought awareness around, but just the whole adopted being adopted factor and being like, not knowing what you look, not knowing what you look like. You like, you don't know that you look like your parents or you actually literally don't know what it feels like to look like another mm-hmm. human being when you're adopted. Mm-hmm. It is a very, very strange um phenomenon because you grow up and you're seeking like looking at you you know you my dad's got this you know brown eyes and my mom has this you know and so it's so it's such a natural thing when you're a child and you're your biological child parent connection but when you're adopted you really don't know what it feels like to look like someone else so i can't even imagine for randall not only was he not the same race but then he had two siblings that were in you know in theory 
you know, were genetically connected to their parents and had the same mannerisms and the same skin coloring and the same favor, you know, things that they favored with each other. So I related to that as well on a level that uh, probably was something that I didn't even realize until this moment Mm -hmm. that we're talking about it, that that connection point was really deep for me as well. Yeah, man, I love that. So, yeah, for me, I... I agree I with uh, what Jen said about loving shows about family because I my family bond with my family is very very strong my parents and my siblings so I I love seeing that and uh, I had mentioned this on the last episode that we did too Jen was that I had loved Parenthood that show mm-hmm. and so when that went away I needed something to fill that void. And it was, this is us. And I was blown away too by the very first episode. I love how you didn't know that each story was connected. You saw the three, big three, as we come to know them now, but, and we saw this young couple having babies. And then how at the very end of that episode, we realize it's all the same, the same family. And I just love that. And I was in it from the very beginning. And I, I just feel like this show is a moving tribute to family and love and relationships and uh, connection to people, whether you're a biological child or not. It just shows you how strong that bond can be and, uh, you know, how strong memories and moments are to you, as we spoke to in our question of the day. And this is why I watch TV and movies because I want to be moved. I want to have an experience and this show gives it to me. And I also always judge how well I like a TV or movie by how much I cry. And the more I cry, (laughs) the more I love it. And this show um, just has me in tears almost every episode, even when it's... um, something comical happening in it. It just moves me. So I just love This Is Us. Okay, so I wanted to share with you guys, I did a poll on who is your favorite couple. And <laughs> like, so, this is going to be a surprise. <laughs> I, I was going to say the, the uh, <laughs> results are not too surprising. But you know, I was curious, because I wanted to know if uh, everyone else felt the same way I felt. So did you do the poll on Instagram? Where'd you do the poll? I did it on Twitter. Okay. So it was between Jack and Rebecca, Rebecca and Miguel, Randall and Beth, and Katobi, Kate and Toby. So do you have any wild guess who came in last? I'm going to guess Katobi came in last. I'm going to guess Rebecca and Miguel came in last. Katobi came in last. Really? Yeah. Because yeah, there was so much um, buzz around, like people had really polarizing opinions about yeah. that, them breaking up. Yeah. And I thought they addressed that really well in the final too, by the way. the way oh, They yeah. did. That, yes, they did. Oh, gosh, we're going to get to that. Uh, but I guess when in comparison to, uh, so Katobi got 3%, Rebecca and Miguel got 6%, Randall and Beth received 30%, and Jack and Rebecca, 61%. Okay, so. but if you had put Kevin and Sophie in there, I think they would have lost even further than Katobi. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry, but I've over, I've over, 
Kevin and Sophie. <laughs> That's my vote and I'm sticking to it. Yeah. <laughs> So with uh, Rebecca and Jack being the top vote getter, uh, let's talk about them because they are the foundation of this family. Their love and dedication is so profound. And I thought that the ending with both of them was so Mm -hmm. perfect. Uh, She had passed away in the penultimate episode. And in the final episode, I love that he guided her through her transition and just saying all the things that she needed to hear. And I loved how she asked, she would ask questions that I would think of. Like when he tells her, you know, you're always with them. You're not going to miss out on anything. And she says, oh, am I going to see them showering? Because I don't really want to see that. I think she said showering, right? She did. She did. And she was like, I don't think I want to see them showering. And he was like, you won't. (laughs) Yeah, because I've thought about that with my parents who have passed. And I thought, you know, are they with me? But what can they really see? Because I don't want them seeing me things that I wouldn't want them seeing me doing. So uh, I just thought it was so, um, I just love that the writers and creators had her voice things that I have felt or thought about and how he was able to guide her through that. I just thought that that was just so special. My favorite moment in that conversation was when he just looked at her and he was like, you did good. Yes. You know, oh my like, God, that's yes. oh, it just, it was like everything any of us needed from him. Yes. Right. Like not just her, but all of us, like the acknowledgement. Of what she created, I know we all have chills. I got oh, chills, I have tears. Jen. You've given I have tears. me my chills. <laughs> but like you know, the acknowledgement of what she created with that family, and even choosing Miguel and all, you know, it was like it was everything anybody needed from him. You know, there was actually I heard an interview with the showrunner mm-hmm. and about that penultimate episode, and they were asking a question about you know that scene and you know, which version of Rebecca, like at what age she would be on the train and then what age Jack would be. So apparently he had the showrunner, head writer, you know, had a conversation with uh, Milo and he, they both just looked at each other and they were like, mustache Jack. Like that's <laughs> who it's got to be, you know? And I was like, it was, everything about it was sort of like the perfect conversation and the perfect moment and like I'm not gonna lie I knew when she grabbed Randall's hand you know what I mean like I knew yeah. that piece was coming to like tie yes. it together but yes how did you know thing, that because I the know interview? things about TV no because I can like this is my problem with television. <laughs> oh you mean like you knew intuitively I knew that was good yeah yeah, yeah. oh okay <laughs> no she's on what what like, connection do you have with those showrunners? Right. Yeah. Well, I just no, thought they I did just, a really yeah. amazing job of keeping everything so secret. Like there were no leaks. There were that I know. Right. Of. There no. were none. We're going to come back to that because I have thoughts on that. But okay. um, <laughs> But like the other thing about going back to your actual question, Diana, with their relationship, I also thought, you know, in the finale, again, spoilers, um, when they're having that day at home and doing nothing and Jack teaches the boys to shave mm, mm-hmm. and then 
Jack and Rebecca are sitting on the couch and it's like Jack is looking at the kids and she's looking at Jack. And mm-hmm. then there are other moments where like Jack is looking at Rebecca. Like there's this mutual admiration oh, and like taking in the moments that the other one is having that mm-hmm. is like relationship goals. I, I was just going to say oh. that. I love that so much. And I did want to share with uh, Tracy and our listeners out there. I had, I had already told Jen, but Jack – you know, Milo Ventimiglia is like my favorite because I just love a man who fiercely loves his wife and his kids. It's just something about it. Just, oh, I just think it's so, it's just sexy and I just like it. It's awesome. So yeah. just how you feel, Tracy, about Justin Hartley is how I feel about Milo Ventimiglia. I just love that he loves them. <laughs> well, I've probably had a little bit more of a broken road on the way to relationships like Justin has had. So I think I'm, and I also am a bit, I also am a big supporter of the underdog. So I, you know, I mean, Annie's hot, but I, but yeah, I mean, that they, they did. And that's another thing. I mean, like I, I would love to have been in the writer's room. I would love to have a opportunity to talk to the writers about who wrote this because it was just phenomenal that they, it just like nothing about any episode ever in the entire six years was ever overdone or underdone. Like it was Mm -hmm. just done and just Mm -hmm. in a way that was just beautifully written and executed and the fact that they were so strategic in in so many ways and how it was re- how it was recorded and when it was done and uh it's just I, I now literally want to go back and watch all and I don't know that this will ever happen but I am Agreed. gonna go back at least I'm gonna go back and watch episode one. Yeah. Because I hear that a friend of mine who did that, she said it was amazing to go back and watch episode one because there's so many preview, like, I guess, what do they call it? Uh, when they drop things. Flash that, forwards or things? Yeah. Well, there's just or Easter eggs. Or what, Easter eggs. Easter eggs. Yeah. Yeah. I was saying Taylor Swift, Easter eggs. <laughs> there's so <laughs> many. Um, just there's just so many Easter eggs apparently in that first episode. Now that it's completed, you see them. But I, but anyway, I just, I just think the writers and how they, I mean, and and that's complicated. We're talking about, you know, f- f- three, three kids, grown up lives, children's lives, plus the adults, the parents in it. And it all was seamless. Appeared so anyway. Yeah. That's what drew me to come back all the time was just watching uh, their story. And I love when they show flashbacks and mm-hmm. the flash forwards too but i really like flashbacks there's yeah, just something the about flashbacks. them it just moves the story and just learning so much about other people and their backgrounds so i just really enjoyed all of that uh, i also like when jack uh did say to her uh at the very end there when the world puts something so obvious in front of you you don't just walk away I just yeah. thought that was just uh, well, and how again, how that was connected to the flashback and the uh, whole—I mean, that whole pin the tail on the donkey thing was a mystery for many, <laughs> right many episodes. <laughs> and I even literally—I am not exaggerating when I say that between the last episode and the finale episode, that I spent time in my life thinking, you know what, they forgot about the pin the tail on the donkey. And they, they never solved that. You know, I was thinking like I was trying to catch them in something like, you know, they, they dropped off on that one. Don't even. Yep. They, what, and then I, I'll be damned. They, they clearly did not <laughs> drop off on the, the tail of the donkey. 
So anything else about uh, Jack and Rebecca you want to talk about before we move on to the big three? Let's talk about Randall. Let's talk about Randall. He's my favorite. He's your favorite? favorite? I love that. Beth is my favorite, too. Beth is your favorite. Yeah. I I love Beth. Yeah. I mean, who couldn't love Beth? I would want to be Beth. Like, if I was a mom with kids, like, that's, I would want to be Beth. (laughs) Also, the two of them are, like, relationship goals to me, too. Exactly. Definitely. Yeah. They have that same fierce, I wish there was a better word, like, but, like, having each other's back. I mean, they are the definition of for better or worse. Yeah. And, And the way they, like, you know, call each other out on their shit. Can I say that? Sorry. The yes. Out. <laughs> it's podcasting. Of course you can. <laughs> right. you know. I'm such a terrible potty mouth, but it it's like they just so fiercely have each other's back mm-hmm. and call each other out, but in a way that is so supportive. Yeah. And in a way that's like, you know, there are times when, you know, one's going to fall apart and other times when the other one's going to fall apart, but they can both do that. Like, I feel like in so many relationships and other relationships on TV, it's always one plays this role and one plays that mm-hmm, role. And I think mm-hmm. the two of them do both things. And even when they're sort of both in that place, they're both only like half in that place. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that mm-hmm. it's like they can still help each other through it or out of it or whatever it is. But like, is this now when we get to talk about the fact that like we all think there's going to be a spinoff, or maybe at least Tracy and I do? I don't know if Diana does too. Uh, yeah, like, well, I did, I mean, but I don't anymore after the you finale. Don't? Oh, I, I think you do. Well, that makes uh-huh. me happy. No, I've I, thought it for a year, a couple years, or but really this year, this season for sure. But after the finale, I didn't. I had read that the creator said that he was like, right now he's put it to bed. Uh, oh, I think it's coming in a year. It's not this fall season because we would know if it was coming this fall. And because and you no know way things. they would have. No. <laughs> but <they're, laughs> I don't actually know. This is, again, like my gut, my TV <laughs> junkie <laughs> gut, uh-huh. right? Is that it's not going to be this year because if it was picked up for the fall, they wouldn't have been able to keep it a secret. Yeah. But everything in the finale, right? Like the fact that as we're talking about Randall, right? Like he's headed for the White House. Deja's having a baby. Mm -hmm. The whole final episode was talking about the big three and the next generation. And Jack is like, when you put something this obvious in front of you, you don't (laughs) walk away from it. Oh my God, (laughs) I can't believe I missed that one. (laughs) But like everything about it. like So good. You know, with all of these things and the fact that, like, you know, Toby is also still such a major player. Like, he will be there, right? Like, all of these kids. And then they even did a flash forward to baby Jack Jack Uh having a baby. Yeah. In the finale. Like, there's no way you're dropping all of those seeds. Uh, I hope Without you're right. I gave up on it. I, I, okay, I gave up on it. I'm, I, and I've been the one that's been touting sequel for all year long. And I, and I thought, for, I mean, after the second to last episode, I was like, oh, they were totally teeing it up. <laughs> you know, they were, you know, there were, I thought like I there were so too. many things in the, but then, but then they just wrapped it so gracefully that I was like, yeah, I don't think they're. I mean, in all my texts last night to my peeps, I was like, yeah, but I don't think there's going to be one now. I don't think it's going to be this fall. And it wouldn't surprise me if they're going to shop around and try to sell it to not a major network. 
Mm. Like it wouldn't surprise me like if it a ends Netflix up or... on like an Apple or a Netflix. So whatever, Diana, <laughs> cut us off. But like. Back to Randall and Beth and them being a couple. <laughs> and uh no it's fine but uh i and i love when they play that worst case scenario Uh, the best game ever i've decided to integrate that into my marriage by the way did you i am not exaggerating i really have decided to because my so i'm like the eternal optimist and i'm always like glass half full like and, and sometimes that's a blessing and a curse my husband is the total like um I won't say he's a gla- he's not a glass half empty by nature but he will always go to the worst side worst case scenario first and then get excited maybe and I'm the opposite right so we we work really well together so but that game last night in fact the before I watched it, my husband and I were having a conversation about something I was working on in the business, and he started going to the worst case scenario. I was like, "Let's just not do that today. Let's just enjoy. <laughs> let's just enjoy the celebration of the project itself that the contract is signed, and then tomorrow we can go to the worst case scenario." And I'll be damned if then I watch. And then I was like, "And now I'm going to watch This Is Us." And so, literally, that was when they had that in there. I thought, "I'm going to integrate this into my marriage. This is going to be my version." of marital therapy <laughs> yeah but and again it's writers right but the way they play worst case scenario is stuff that i would not even think of where i'm like yeah. they're really good at this game I they think are hysterical it's, yeah, i mean the rv was hysterical yes. and, oh, and, and what about when she said and you're gonna go sw- swim in the ocean with somebody's dead grandmother or something like that because <laughs> she was like because i think that of all the episodes that probably was the one that was maybe a little hokey in the con- context of the rest of them and then they brought it back up in a funny way which again brilliant yeah it is brilliant i they love them and i love beth i know she's just she's just so funny and i oh gosh she's so funny but when she was saying goodbye to rebecca oh. When she said, thank, yeah, she says, thank you for helping me with that complicated and incredibly beautiful boy that you raised, but I've got him now. Okay. You're <sighs> cry. Oh Seriously. my gosh. <laughs> I'm sorry, like what everybody said to her in that episode, in those moments. Right. Were the absolute perfect things. Mm-hmm. You know, they were. And, oh. and, uh. Another moment was when uh, that, of course, I told you, it's my barometer of figuring out how much I love something is when uh, Randall says that his mom is magic. Oh, my God. I had tears. I had tears. And I think it's because I think of my parents and I also think of me as a mom and what my kids, you know, might think of me or when I pass or or all of that. It's just this brings up everything and it's so relatable. Just, Jen, like as you were saying about Alzheimer's and thinking about your parents, it's thinking about all of this. And I love that about this show. They even bring in grandparents into the show and how they relate to you and how they feel. So I love that they that this show gives every generation like a voice Mm -hmm. or a perspective and how much credence they gave William in the last two episodes mm-hmm. was really, mm-hmm. I mean, I loved it, but I wasn't expecting it. And I thought that that was beautiful. And, um, and then again, the, the what you're saying, Diana, about the grandfather, um, 
situation and he uh, and I, and I think again this connects those dots on being adopted but he was saying like he only knew those girls for 7 months but he mm-hmm. never realized you know it was something to the effect of how much he could really just grow to love you know his granddaughters in such a short period of time he only knew them for 7 months and mm-hmm. and then the whole connection between him and Randall and Deja and the and yeah. Deja's adopted, obviously, and then the mm-hmm. grands. You know, it's just like again, just this. The, they they left out no dynamics. I mean, they they had yeah. adoption, they had foster kids, they had diversity, they had inclusion, they had you know challenges with weight, uh, body image. I mean, mm-hmm. they they covered it all. <laughs> yeah, alcoholism. Alcoholism, mm-hmm. being uh, PT- yeah, PTSD from PTSD, absolutely. Yeah, but in such a way that wasn't like in your face, like it was right. It, it was very naturally interwoven in a way that felt legitimate and real. authentic. It yes. was like it was. I feel like the way they covered all those things is the way that we all actually experience it right. in life rather mm-hmm. than these like giant caricatures of PTSD. It was like, no, this is what it actually looks like. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And that part with Nikki at the church was hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing Nikki. Speaking of, can you say something on national television? I was very surprised that they used the word dick on national television. I was like, wow, that's not an FCC violation? I suppose not. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. That was, yeah, I just was like, "Mm, profound word. Yeah. (laughs) Let's move along to Kevin. Oh, okay. Tracy, go for it. (laughs) I have a feeling he's one of those people, though, have to say that if I met in real life, Speaking speaking of what Nikki called him in the last episode, I have a feeling that he's, of all the characters, the least authentic to his actual character. And I only say that based on some clips that have come out really recently. Like there's a, a Today Show clip where they showed a behind the scenes when after they finished filming the wedding episode and they they were taking a break during filming and they were all doing the, the dance. Uh, the, they did the dance, like the woggle, they called it or something like that. And then they show Kevin Hartley, you know, out of character, like sitting on the couch, being on the phone and yes. he's not participating with the rest of them. Uh-huh. And then they ask, but they asked Beth about it. And he was like, oh, he was like, I don't, I'm not, da- I, I'm not doing that, you know, like da da da. And then there was something else that I saw where he was just like, kind of like not warm in the interview mm. and he wasn't showing up as much like, and I mean, they're, they're characters. It's, I mean, I'm not being unfair to him. I'm just saying like in all the other behind the scenes clips or interviews or anybody that I've seen interviewed, they just seem like they could pop right back into that role in or out, like on the talk shows and stuff. And he was the one that seemed the least engaged outside of like, I thought he did a phenomenal job acting that mm-hmm. role. Yeah. But based on the behind the scene clips that I've seen, I don't I don't think he's actually congruent as much as the other ones are to the to that actual role. Mm-hmm. The, I said this the last time we did an episode, Diana, I just I have a really hard time with watching Selling Sunset and how he handles his divorce. <gasps> I in real know. Life. I was going to bring that up. He clouds how I see him as an actor and I cannot I can't even see Kevin as a character. 
Like it, I cannot separate it. Like it makes me dislike Kevin Mm -hmm. based on what I saw of how he handled things in his real life on this other show, which that also may not be real either. Right. (laughs) That was only her side of the story. Exactly. Admittedly. I mean, because come on, do you think he really genuinely and do you, I mean, I have more faith in the human world than to think that he freaking texted her like that just seems like i would hope so and who knows agreed right like i I'm mean totally... i think that was a ratings push for that show i've never watched that I show by totally the way full biased. disclaimer i've never watched <laughs> yeah. her show i didn't even know she i mean i knew he was it's married didn't know it was her. show but of course the only yeah. reason i know the story is because of course because you know i'm on team kevin and i and then and if i had not seen those other clips that i just referenced we would be having a much more heated battle right now <laughs> And it did cross my mind after after some of those clips when he wasn't as warm. I thought, hmm, maybe there was something to that divorce story. I'm sorry, so, yeah, and like, who knows? But, it's and, hard. And so things, rem- are, things are taken out of context sometimes, right? Totally. I mean, totally. it's hard and to I'm say. And I'm admitting that, right? Like, this is totally me being completely clouded and, like, inappropriately biased. Yeah, but, but people are still fighting over Jen and Brad. So, come on. You oh know, yeah. Like, <laughs> So, I mean, this will just be our, you know, Team Kevin team. But I think, I will say one of my favorite things about Kevin really growing up. So I said this on our last episode, yeah. family, you know, where I was like, I'm so over it. Like, he needs to, like, get it together. And he did, right? But when Beth, when they were figuring out, you know, who was going to take, take care, care of, of her uh-huh. and make these decisions Rebecca. and whatever. And Randall was like, well, it has to be me and da 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 when Beth pointed out to him that, like, Kevin is not who – the same person that he has in his head, I was like, okay, Beth, I see you. Like, I needed to hear it too. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad you were able to receive that. I loved – but in the context of that, I loved the scene where uh, Rebecca and Sophie were talking. And she was talking – thinking that it was Sophie younger – Yes, I love that. That was the best when she was just like, he's going to grow out of this and he's going to be the man you want him to be. I just hope you're still going to be around and wait for that to happen. And then there they were like she Mm -hmm. it's like that's what Sophie needed to hear, even in her the way again, the character, even in her illness of where she was, her mental capacity, where she was in, in her illness the clarity she was still able to give and that gift yep. that she had for all of the kids and everybody that she talked to, she was always able to say the right thing at the right time. And remember at the, um, in the finale where Kevin says that, was it Kevin or was it Randall that said, you always know how to say the right thing. It was Kevin, wasn't it? Yeah. When he was a little boy, he was sit- sitting on the bed when she oh. went in and Remember, yes. he, she went in and he was so was upset Kevin. because he was embarrassed because he couldn't do the pull up. And then she yeah. gave him the little pep talk. And um, and then he's and then the little the little Kevin was like, Mom, you always know, you know how to say the right yes, thing. He, it was Kevin. Mm-hmm. And it was yeah. so tr- such a common theme for how everyone saw her through that yes. role, you know, her role as a mom through everything. Meanwhile, my favorite part of that conversation was when Kevin was like, it played. Oh, like the way- oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just made it seem like I was helping the other kids feel better about themselves. It played. <laughs> that was amazing. It that was, was amazing. Like, like, that was my favorite part of that conversation. So, like, you had to remind me about 
you know. Oh yeah. When he yeah, no, her, but it the, right the, the oh, and okay. Now now we're going to go off track, but I have to say if we never say anything else, I was blown away by the actor that played Little Jack in the Rain Boots episode. That the acting for that he ha- he couldn't have been a day over 3. He I, I mean, know. That he that that little tater tot needs an Emmy. Do <laughs> they give tot. Emmys to three year olds? Because if they do, like he needs one. Uh, do you think? Yeah. Wait, do, do either of you know if he was blind? Is that I actor blind? I heard he wasn't, but I could be wrong. Well, if he wasn't, then he's even better actor. But right. if he was, I, I mean, either way, it was phenomenal. His the acting of that little boy. Yeah. Yeah. So just side note. That- <laughs> <laughs> he deserves an Emmy. He deserves an Emmy if I'm if I'm able to vote. I love that Kevin ended up with Sophie. I thought that was a an interesting episode where uh where Beth and Madison were taking bets as to was it Beth and Madison? Yeah. Taking bets uh-huh. as bets to on who? what the, and and again yeah. they kept the suspense on that even they to did. the very last mm-hmm. freaking minute. And of course I've I you mean comes as no surprise that I thought that was a phenomenal episode and I was like okay this could be the finale I'm done like they they don't even do anything else this is where it could end for me but um keeping you in suspense you didn't know she was divorced because of the way they did the the flashbacks and the there was at one point now I'm sure I'm not alone in this but there was one point where I thought he and Madison actually were going to get back together and then when I really like Madison I liked As a her character car- and her dynamic in the family. And the it really, ev- they really evolved her character from where she started to where right. she ended. But I love that scene when she, basically he was like, I don't have, I mean, this is how I interpret it, but when they were talking about the medical things and being the d- designated person, but it was like he was basically so lost and he was saying, telling her, like, I don't really have a person. And she was like, I'll always be your person. Like mm. that. But then, you know, you knew that she was moving on with her life with her new husband and everything. But but just that whole exchange again, like, you know, co-parenting is not an easy challenge for anybody. That's another issue they brought up and, you know, and did so eloquently co-parenting. Yeah. But, and we see that with Kate and uh, Toby, too, that co-parenting and how that even can watching be- how their marriage fell apart felt very real and genuine and but a bit fast tracked. That was my that was my comment on that. It was like everything was great, and then it wasn't, and now we're divorced and we're remarried. Like it was just a bit fast tracked for me. Well, I, you know, it's funny. I had just said yesterday with another friend that I didn't see the purpose of her re- getting remarried to Philip. I didn't really understand what that served. I felt it would have been better if she had been on her own and stood on her own two feet and did everything that she was doing on her own as a strong woman. And that maybe toward the end, she could have uh, started to date Philip. And maybe we wouldn't see where that goes. And we could figure that out. Until the I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Until, Until the, the big spin-off. three coming fall of 2024. Because I'm not really sure her remarrying if they don't do him. It, we're gonna do it. I know, right? <laughs> I yeah, that is that is a interesting. I hadn't thought about that perspective, but from a women's empowerment 
perspective, I can see that that would have actually been really positive. I don't know. Maybe they were just, maybe there was just full on entertainment value just in that piece of the, you know, her, everybody, I think it, from the interviews that I saw with the writers and the things, it was like, they were committed to everybody having a happy ending. Like that, that felt like yeah. it was really important to them that the finale. Yeah, but I'm going to sit here and like dig my heels in as the single girl and be like, F you that you think that a happy ending means that she has to be in a relationship. You are hundred percent correct. Right. And I would like to delete my statement. No, I'm not, I'm not saying you said that. <laughs> no, yeah. but I mean, I did. So no, but I'm guilty because I just associated it without, I mean, subconsciously or consciously, I mean, not consciously, but I did just define everybody's happy ending as ending up as a couple. And that's not a hundred percent. Yeah, but I think that's them, not you, but whatever. That's fine. Yeah, but I think I bought into it is all I'm saying. I'd like, okay, I will let myself off the hook. Thank you, Jen. I am not a bad person. (laughs) I I do want to say partially, I think the reason I'm saying that also is because I am a Katobi fan and I would have liked it to be open-ended as to if they were to get back again, together again, even though we don't. Well, I kind of still think they did do that, though. But then she would have to divorce, right? Well, that's Fella. true. So but I feel still, like. I just, I appreciate I, the way Toby showed up. In the oh, last I love few it. Like the way Toby showed up when she got married and said, yes. okay, I get it now. And then the way he metaphorically held her in that finale in a way that Philip. Or at least we didn't see Philip do. Me too. Philip wasn't even in it, by the way. Philip wasn't even in it. Well, he was. He was around. But he was. Did like, you actually physically see him in it? I, I think he was him. in the background. I think uh, he was. Okay. But he didn't at the funeral. Say squat anything. Yeah. Okay, so then speaking of Katobi, then the, I, there were a lot of people that were hating on Kate during the divorce. Like they. You know, there were a lot of people who, oh, when you, Diana was one of them. <laughs> I, I, I kept saying why I, I don't know. I, I get, I guess I'm just a Toby fan. I wanted, I understood what she was saying. I, I understood where she was coming from, but I thought she was being hard on him. Oh, and the part where the two brothers get on him too, and they're all three standing there. <laughs> Oh my gosh, looking at uh, uh, Toby, I thought, oh man, he's, yeah, not going to win here because you've got three Pearsons on you. It was like, uh, and that's the part of the fast track too that I thought was like, that's the thought. I feel like that was rushed because. Think about it. When he, remember when he was doing CrossFit? Yes. And she felt like she was losing him. Mm -hmm. And then, right, they have this baby and he doesn't know how to relate to the baby. And then they have another baby that's like the save the marriage baby. Right. And then it. It had been going on. You're right. But I do agree. Like it sort of did seem fast track from where they were. But I can also appreciate like you put a long distance relation you know like they made this long distance thing with his job and then he has this new identity in this place and she's like i feel like i don't even know who you are and then they did the flashbacks of her having conversations with the old toby yeah but okay again though marriages ebb and flow people change within marriages Mm -hmm. um and sometimes you just can't get back on the same page and i thought another issue that they addressed in real human life terms is that and and her kind of reminiscing and romanticizing the person she married is not the person she's married to now i mean 
even if you stay married or you get divorced, I think there's nobody who hasn't had that conversation with themselves in their own mind. And, and I mean, married or not married, right? It's just yes. like you're not you, – the person who stands up and says those vows to each other is not the same person the following year, five yeah. years, ten years. Mm-hmm. 20, and and that is, I think, what made Randall and Beth so amazing is that they you saw their characters change she lost her job she lost her identity she moved for to for him yeah, to fill she did. so if you can think that was happening a lot is comparing and contrasting well Randall and Beth made it why didn't we i mean that's life like some ca- yeah, some right. couples in real life can be Randall and Beth and some have to call it quits and so you know the, those are difficult things to navigate all the things that you just said Jen in terms of you know the potential almost affair and then the child bonding and then the identity crisis. And I mean, the, she was having her own identity crisis while he was finding his and that, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. that in itself. Mm-hmm. So maybe it wasn't as fast tracked as I thought. Yeah. I, uh, I, I was thinking as you were talking also when he was telling her how he felt and basically I'm, I'm not Jack, you, you, you know, it's basically you want to marry your father and I'm not him. <gasps> yeah. My gosh, that guy. And to he me always, too. he was always up against that with her. And he was. You he know, was. one thing I did think was weird, and I'd, I'd love to know what you guys think about this because it didn't really, it fell flat to me that whole thing where she, where Kate went back to that boyfriend and like confronted him and he was like oh. the big loser yeah. at the record oh, store yeah. or whatever. Like that, I don't know why, but that episode fell flat to me. Like I, I was like, I, 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 I sort of forgot about it, so I guess I did too. Yeah, but I think if we were to try to put it in the context, right? I feel like that's a piece of her closure and her growth of saying, like, I put this guy on a pedestal, and I have these ideas in my head, and you know, like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm it, trying to justify it. I forgot that that even <laughs> well, well, the good thing was Toby was there supporting her. He drove her there, got her there, and so right. And I do love that. He was a part of all of this, and they did highlight what his contribution was to this family, and that they still included him. So, oh, and that that ending was so graceful with them. It was just, it was, yeah. And even when he went to say goodbye to Rebecca, he said, "I'm your, I'm your favorite." I'm still, oh I'm, my god, I'm still your you favorite. Know, I, 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 oh, I love me. that. And I also um, love that Kate was so insecure throughout this whole show and she became uh, or she started to become fearless at the very end. And I love that he supported her, that Toby supported her in that and reminded her that your mom gave you, you know, this important decision because she knew you could do it. Yeah. And so I just... Yeah, I just and I, love that. And to defend my negativity around that particular episode I just referenced, I think that was part of the building blocks of the person that they that Kate became at the end. And so that and that was probably important in the sequence of the events for her to confront him and and I think the idea of what happened with her career in finding her own career even because remember when the show started, she worked for Kevin. Yes. And so there's even this whole thing of like her evolution. Yeah, he was she in, was his personal assistant. What a nightmare yeah. that must have been. What a nightmare job that must have been. You know, like her he was a train wreck, her then. own identity and her own, you know, and and excelling in her thing and finding that, you know. Well, and even coming coming out from under her mom, the shadow of her mom because that was always such a her yes. mom had a beautiful voice and she 
you know, put that part of her life aside to be a stay at home mom and raise the kids, which was so typical of that generation of that time was reflective of that time. But I think Kate, like Kate, not going to music school, not pursuing, knowing that she had just as beautiful a voice and probably had just as much of a, a opportunity in a lot of ways, but she just could never connect that or she wouldn't pursue that. Like it was like she was always intimidated by her mom's presence in that way. And then she still found her niche in music, but just in a way that was unique yeah. to her. And mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. Okay. I would like to know, do you have a favorite episode or moment from this season? From this last season? Yes. I mean, I, I guess like the one where this, the penultimate one, right? Like the big one when they all really said goodbye to her. But I also love this last episode. I, when I don't, we were just talking about something and made me remember, made me remember, you know, when they do the flashback to buying the pin, tail on the donkey game mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the kids on the front look like them you know oh i didn't notice that oh that's the most beautiful part you got to go back and rewatch that that's what that's what she was saying was the obvious part that's that when he says that when he says back to her at the end during the transition about when something puts something so obvious in front of you yeah uh -huh. because the picture on the pen and the pen the tail on the donkey is two boys and a girl playing the game and one of the uh, boys is Caucasian, the other is black, and then the little girl is Caucasian. Oh, it's like it's like a mirror God. of their family. That's the whole. How did hate I to have to point it out that? to you on the podcast, Diana, but that was the moment. <laughs> okay, so here's what was crazy for me in that moment. My mom has this piece of art that is two little girls playing on a beach. One is a redhead. One is a brunette. The brunette is in this red bathing suit. My sister has bright red hair, and I had this red bathing suit that had a silver, like, lightning bolt on the front <laughs> when we were little. <laughs> and my mom found this at an art fair. And she said – and it was like – my mom was like, these are my kids. In yeah. This like, what? And the – it was at an art fair, and the artist – so she said, like, where – he said, I was on a beach in Florida – and there were these two little kids playing. And like, we are convinced it is my you? sister and I. My oh, grandparents lived in Florida. Oh my gosh. And like, so my mom is convinced that like. You inspired that painting. Us, that like this guy was there. This is painting, us. And like, she found this photo. So then when they had this box of like, you know, the pin, the tail and the donkey, I was like, yes, it's real. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, it, and, and again, generationally for that time, that was very progressive for yes. a, tr a ch children's game to sh reflect that. I mean, yeah. And, and it was a, and the kids were able to see the mirroring of that in a way that was like, they're just like me, which I think mm -hmm. has been what's been so important in the last couple of years, especially about having films and TV mirror people's real families and in, in what they see in each other is is coming back at them from the screen like being able to have that relatability and see those connections but to bring that subtlety into that episode from that time window generational time window into the current present window it was a really beautiful way to build that bridge again subliminally but the um I think okay to answer your question, my 
This is so silly. But I mean, how could I not love this Kevin and Sophie reunion? <laughs> like uh-huh. it was, and not just because, okay, I can go a little below the top soil shallow aspect of it and say that one of the things that I really actually loved about it was she made him like, this isn't your time to talk. Like you've said enough over the years. Like, I don't need it. Like, this is my turn to talk and tell you why this is going to work. She loved him all along, but she was self-preservation in a lot of ways. And she should have been, I mean, she was involved with an active alcoholic and she was, you know, and he had been unfaithful and he had created self-sabotage. I mean, there were a lot of really good reasons why she, should not or might not have been willing to just jump right back into that. And we were talking about Kate and her journey of coming into her own. Well, Sophie had that journey too. Like she went and traveled the world after her mom died and she found herself and and it was incredibly important for her to have Kevin love the woman that she was at that age and not be in love with the seven-year-old Sophie from the Valentine card, you know, Mm -hmm. from second grade. And I've, a, a nice surprising twist the way they did that because I think everybody thought that they would probably end up together, but I don't know that anybody really saw it coming that he wasn't going to do the big elaborate like moment of truth speech because he'd already had enough of those and they never worked out. <laughs> yeah. So the fact that she came in back into the relationship on her terms and with her empowerment and her who she was in that moment. I felt like was a really great way for them to handle that. Plus they were meant to be. Yeah, I think they were. I'm really glad that they ended up together. Having the Valentine in the wallet was a little much, but it was so I thought he was going to pull out the napkin and be typical Kevin and take the poem from the singer and give it to her. And pretend like he wrote it. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but yeah. So that that was my favorite moment of all times, probably. Yeah. Not of all times, but it was for the season, yeah. So I think for me in this season, I have too many, and I always cheat. I can never pick just one, just so you know. <laughs> well, clearly we didn't either. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I think, okay, anything with Jack, I love, because I just love him, and I just love him in it. Just all of that and him guiding Rebecca was just so moving to me. But what I really wanted to bring up in an episode that I really enjoyed was Miguel, Miguel's story, because I I just love it. I love the flashbacks. I love when they tell a whole story of someone's life. And I felt like we got to know him so much better because I didn't like Miguel back when we knew they were together, but we didn't know anything about him. I'm like, what are you doing? This is your best friend and you're moving in because that's how it felt. But as we have seen, that's not how it was. And there was so much time that he left and, you know, Rebecca was on her own and it wasn't until they reconnected again with Facebook. But that was just kind of fast forwarding that whole episode. But I just... I was going to say, I just love his whole story about when he came here and what he had to do and about his relationship with his parents and and then working really hard and meeting Jack and how Jack had his best friend and had his 
fiance, I don't know if they were married yet or not. I'm not sure if he was married to Rebecca and how they didn't get no, along. No, because there was an episode where the where they were, Miguel like, was with him when he bar. was pr- planning the engagement and he got the, the ring stuck on this finger ah. <laughs> when they were practicing the proposal. So yeah, yeah they were... Yeah. And just all of that, just learning so much about Miguel and just seeing how much he loved Rebecca. So this is another man that loved Rebecca. And in that episode where she, I believe, Jen, that we covered that he said that she said that she's had. She had two great loves. Or, yeah, or was two great loves. Two men who really, oh, you know, whatever it was. I can't remember. Third time. <laughs> third the one, the one where, like, they end up at the chick's house. Yes. So, oh, so that was a thing of like, should Nikki have ended up with Sally? <gasps> oh, I, yeah, but I guess you don't get two of those. We had to have Sophie and Kevin. That had to happen. So I guess they weren't going to give us both of those. That's the way I looked at that. Right. But, right. Um, yeah. but with the Miguel thing, I just wanted to say, um, I was kind of, bummed that they waited till the third to last episode because it was like man they gave him the short end of the stick for six seasons and then you they made you like really love him and then it was too late because it was his last episode i was like oh wow (laughs) and then even he kind of even snubbed him a bit on the train too like he got his one moment you're still my favorite person or whatever it's like all right well, I know. <laughs> I mean, it was like an afterthought. We just, I mean, the doctor got more. Yes, on the train. Yeah, but, but I love him. I love. Him. I do love him. I love I him, and I love that. How I love that they brought him back. Oh, I love that they yes. brought him back into that train. But I always felt like poor Miguel kind of always got. And then, even in the. <laughs> In the worst case scenario between Beth and Randall, she even goes, and then you're going to go over to Puerto Rico for Miguel. (laughs) like, they used Beth's lines to just really point out like some of the funniest stuff. But poor Miguel, I think he was just always coming up with the short end of the stick. And even when I would see him in episodes, because obviously I watch a lot of behind the scenes stuff. That's like my most favorite thing. I love that. I love that. Um, in the interviews, even like they would be like, they would give Kate and Kevin and Toby and all when they had like the group of them on together. And then like Miguel was always sort of like, oh, okay, what do you think, Miguel? Okay, great. Like it was like, (laughs) they wouldn't even really even give him any screen time in the behind the scenes interviews. So I felt like he could have used a little bit. They could have, I wish they had put that story in place at the beginning Sooner. of the season so that we could have really just loved him oh, as much the whole time. Yeah. That's, that's all I was trying to say. It's like, why did they, the, if they could have just given us that at the beginning of the season, I think we would have loved him longer is all I'm saying. Yes. I think you're right. <laughs> that would have been really good. Hmm. But you know, they were good on so many other yeah, uh, I mean, aspects of this show. But uh, yeah. And I also think people weren't happy that, yeah, he just, had a one-liner on that train so because he is such an important not only was it a one-liner it was like a cut and paste because like they he'd already used that (laughs) one-liner for impact on the previous episode and it was like i kind of just thought he might say something a little different than something he'd already said before Mm -hmm. they didn't ask me diane i don't know why why didn't they ask me they They have such strong opinions i mean i could write all this shit i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) well maybe we will write the sequel yes we will it's all up here 
<laughs> All right. Is there any other characters or tidbits that you guys would like to uh, talk about or mention that we haven't covered? Well, I guess I, the only thing I just want to, I mean, this isn't profound by any stretch, but they really dropped off uh, Randall and Bess kids. Like it would have been neat to have a little bit more, especially Annie, the younger one. Like we never really got, we saw her as an adult, but we never really got to see her advance from just being sort of like this cute little part of the Thanksgiving holidays, if you will, up to, um, you know, and then we see her as an adult and we don't, by the finale, we are the last two up. We don't really know her, you know, we don't really know her. And so I just, that's why I kept thinking, more well, if they do a seek, the, exactly. <laughs> Even if they just called it the Pearsons and it was just the Pearsons. <laughs> Oh, what about uh, Marcus and his family that they introduced to us? Yeah, see that. Oh, my mom sent me an article about it. Because I thought maybe that was another, that was one of the big reasons why I thought there might be a spinoff because they introduced an entire new family. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, they also build that bridge between he, the impact that Jack made on that whole entire family right before he literally died. And then the fact that he ultimately ended up doing an Alzheimer drug that obviously probably sustained uh, Rebecca in a, and kept her more cognitive longer. I think that's probably the reason for it, but I wanted to see it as see, they're building a new family. We're going to have a (laughs) sequel. Exactly. Yeah, they did tie it in, but then I wasn't sure. Is that all it is? And of course, they were trying, I feel like they were trying to have us think that that was Deja's, the father of Deja's baby. Yeah, it was a little bit of a bait and switch on that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in this article that my mother sent me from NBC Insider that I literally just skimmed to get to this point in this moment, (laughs) so there could be more. I'm legit cherry picking. And I want you to email me that article, please. Okay. So why was Marcus Brooks' story included on This Is Us? So in an interview with People, the show creator Dan Vogelman said he always intended to introduce another family whose lives paralleled the Pearsons. I always thought that the second to last episode, in a way that hopefully surprises, would tell the story of another person, potentially a child, who had survived in that same moment that Jack had been lost. Vogelman explained it's very much at the center of the show. So on the very night that the beloved patriarch of the family died, Jack, passed on advice that translated to a whole other family he'd barely know for the family of a child who was saved that night. It was also important to to us to have that story inside this very episode. Yeah, because of the the Marcus piece, I think. I mean, because of the Malik piece, I think, is why they... Yeah, and they intended for us to think... That Marcus was potentially the father of Deja's baby. But um, my sister thought that one of Jack's organs was going to go. Me too. I thought that too. Okay, so listen to this twist. So um, one of of my This Is Us peeps that uh, (laughs) thought that at the beginning when the uh, car wreck actually happens. I thought it it was going to be Beth. No, they thought it was going to be Kate Kate because Kate was never in the flash forward. So they thought that it was going to be Kate was rushing to get there. Mm -hmm. But I knew that wasn't the case because they speaking of things that they did leak, they said there were going to be two deaths. And so Miguel had already died and we knew that um, Rebecca was going to die. So I was like, well, they can't kill off Kate if there's only going to be two deaths. So 
Um, and that just would have been like heart crushing. And again, I keep coming back to every interview. They said they wanted it to be like a warm hug. They wanted it to feel like everybody got closure, like everybody got a happy ending. And so, I'll, so, but what a plot twister that would have been. Holy cow. If she had been in that, if she had been the one right. driving that car oh, on the way. That would have been, hor- yeah, yeah. That would have been. been like ugh. the worst. Like everybody would have been, that would have been like the crock pot moment. When and, when and poor Crockpot, I would be remiss with my passion for marketing, branding, and advertising not to bring up the fact that they really did not intentionally anticipate that Crockpot was going to get so many haters as a result of that episode. That just shows you the power of product placement. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Poor Crockpot. And then right. wasn't there something though they brought that back up? Or maybe I saw it as a meme, but I saw something about Jack stealing a crock pot from a picnic. <laughs> Might have been a meme. <laughs> I don't remember that. I don't remember. But again, if we all do the thing that we're really not going to do, which is rewatch this entire series from the beginning. <laughs> I know. Though. Right? Yeah. That would be six years. That would that, Then we'd have to do <sighs> this episode again six years from now because that is probably right. how long it would take me to do it. <laughs> I know. So, oh, you know what I wanted to bring up as uh, the creator Fogelman, he had previously revealed that the final episode, you guys, I'm sure you read this, right? That about two thirds of the finale had been written by and shot four years ago. Well, it was a lot of flashbacks. Well, because the kids, but did you, there's a clip, I watched it last night, where, so the, the kids, um, because the pin, the tail and the donkey, that, that big three, that set of big three, they were in puberty. And so he knew it when it was going to end. And then they show a picture. So if you go and you and you watch this clip, it shows what the kids look like now. And they look like, you know, like hip hipster teenagers right now. Right? (laughs) Yeah. So he had the foresight to film so many of those episodes while they were still authentic to their um, age and looks and everything. But what I wanted to bring up, and I don't know if anyone noticed this, and this is bittersweet what I'm about to say, but a couple of years ago, one of their writers passed away unexpectedly. And I'm, I remember this. And there was a chunk of time where I felt like that the writing was noticeably different in some of the episodes. And some of that had to do with like, because the creator let Kevin and Beth and um, Randall write and produce some of their own episodes, and that was awesome. But they're, you know, obviously they're not the writers. But then they also lost this other writer unexpectedly. And when probably around the last four to five episodes, I was talking to somebody about it, and I was like, I guess this feeling that these episodes were written went before that writer passed away because they were so powerful like like I remember being like the first three or four ep- mm, seasons were yeah. being mm-hmm. uh-huh. but I didn't know anything like that they had been filmed previously or they I didn't know any of that but I just had this strong feeling like these were written before that writer passed away that writer made a major contribution mm. to this to the ep- to the yeah. writing of these episodes so I can't remember her name but I just want to give my own personal tribute to her because right. there was a it was a noticeable gap in, to me. I just thought that that was and that was just something I observed. I love those moments. Yeah, 
I just thought that that was so cool that he knew four years ago where this was heading and the forethought to use that. And film them then, right? And yes, then the, and again, film them then. you know, the theme of the episode, the, uh, of our episode today, the pin the tail on the donkey, like that flash forward, Beth is saying, yeah. don't, is she saying like, I've got to be the one to bring the pin the tail on the donkey or when she's at her dance studio, someone's, someone's asking her oh, to bring yes. the pin the tail on the donkey. That's why I was yes. saying earlier. They never finished the pen, the tail, and the donkey story because that was one of the right. flash forwards. And I thought that they weren't going yeah. to tell us why there was why that, that was so the important. Whole entire, the whole so, entire last episode was completely focused on that one flash well, forward. And that scene also brings like the quote to me that is this entire show and like sums up the whole thing for me. And it's when Kate says, you know, when. You know, Rebecca says to her, how did you know where it was? And she said, because I knew exactly where all of you were standing. And as long as I could hear you, I knew where to go. Yeah. As long as, yeah. And I'm like, I can move forward. As long as I know where you are, I can always move forward. And then it's like, you know, I could hear where you were. And that's the whole thing. It's like with Jack and Rebecca, like their whole family. Oh, the other thing was when this is my second quote of the whole thing is when at the end, the three of them were saying when somebody says, Oh, your family, the first thing I think of is you guys, you know, oh, not yes. they're like married families that they're creating. But when they think family, it's them. And I was like, those two things to me are this entire TV show. I love that, Jen. You actually jumped ahead because sorry. <laughs> it's the next question is what is your takeaway from the show? It could be a quote <laughs> moment or sentiment. So oh. I love that you. Uh, I love both of those things, and I agree with you on that because it was so funny. Because when I think, of course, I have my husband and my my children who are grown. But also when I think about family, I think about my youth and my parents and my siblings. So it just really resonated with me when Randall said that. I think mine is from the uh, the episode before where, and I think this was also why I thought there was going to be a sequel. But what I really loved that was sort of the theme was just because something's ending doesn't it doesn't have to be sad. It could also be the beginning of a beautiful journey. And so for me, that was like sequel. But then, <laughs> but then like, like really like thinking through like literally what they were saying, just because something has to end, it doesn't has to be, doesn't have to be sad. It's the beginning of a beautiful journey. And then how they carried that into the finale with Deja having the baby and Randall being a grandfather and, and them talking about not drifting and all of the things that they did set up sequel or not, they, it, it literally did feel like a warm hug. Like when they, when it literally ended, it felt like this was, it, it didn't feel like some big finale ending. It just felt like another episode of this is us just ended, but sadly it's not going to be another one after this. And I don't know. I, I just really love that quote. And that was probably my biggest takeaway because in life in general, you know, some things have to end and they end unexpectedly or they end in their course of time, but it doesn't have to necessarily be the end of how you remember them or how yeah. you move forward. You just move forward differently without them. And I think that's 
what the beautiful thing about this is us is like, we are all forced to move forward differently without them, but we get to carry all of those life lessons in our heart. So, so I have the same quote, Tracy, I, I, that stuck out to me and that was my takeaway. And it, of course, was William who said, the way I see it, if something makes you sad when it ends, it must have been pretty wonderful when it was happening. Uh, I, and it really stood out to me and I, it immediately made me think of things that did make me sad. And this just kind of gives you hope about it rather than feeling sad, realizing that it was because it was so wonderful. That is why it makes you sad. And so don't be sad about it. Just be happy it happened. And so mm-hmm. uh, I just love that quote. And I know that the creator said that this whole series and the finale, he just wanted it to be about hope and you know, that people carrying this well after you're gone and the people that are left behind. So I just thought that that's such a, yeah, what a great show to, or what a great sentiment to have with a show that it is about hope. And I just love that. Yeah, me too. And I am very sad that it ended, but I I am happy that it happened. I know, exactly. Exactly. Oh my goodness! Well, you guys, people, fall twenty twenty four. Looking for that <laughs> coming soon to Netflix. <laughs> well, I want to thank you both for joining me today. It has been oh, it's been so much fun getting together with you guys and just hearing what you had to say. And you, you guys reminded me of so many things that happened in the show. And now I want to go back and rewatch it. And now we're all going to get together and rewrite a sequel together <laughs> about it. Yes. And we'll but, pitch it uh, to all the producers. <laughs> yes. Totally. But thank you. Thank you both. Thank you both well, for joining me. thank you for me. having us. Absolutely. Tracy, it was so fun to have you for this one, too. Yes, it was so fun to be on. I just wouldn't have missed it. Um, yeah, obviously one of my favorite things to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I will have Jen and Tracy's contact info listed in the show notes. So please, please go check out their websites because they are just great people that I, uh, that I care about a lot. So uh, check those out. So that's our show. Thanks for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in and we hope something we said today resonated with you, gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity or inspiration. Please go to screensinfocus.com and connect with me there and tell a friend. We would love more members of our TV club. Next show will be on Fear the Walking Dead, Season 7, Episode 15. Also look for Top Gun Maverick. We'll see you next time. Bye.